Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more. with a suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about accordions, Kotex, priests, naked gals, one-armed men, jets, and lederhosen. Let's get on with the show. The music for this episode, I recorded in Munich, Germany. And you know, I like to record, I kind of feel like it gives the podcast like a uh, traveling flair if I can get uh, some music to record. So I'm in Munich and I'm um, uh, walking by, I was actually on my way somewhere else, and I see an accordion player uh, playing in front of a uh, restaurant cafe that I like. I go there quite often. And um, I thought, great. So I get there and I tipped him and I'm getting right my recorder out and then he gets around you know gets to take money stops playing taking money from everyone sitting outside and then he packs up his accordion and walks away and I was thinking darn it I didn't get to record any music so uh, just like everyone does you know like you do uh, I started stalking him I thought okay he's gonna go somewhere else and play you know so I I, I've never stalked anyone before. I've never tailed anyone before. You know, like they do in the movie, you stay a little further back, and then he'd stop. He's, he's got it yet hooked up with another accordion player. They both have accordions, like accordion backpacks, like you do. And uh, so I'm following these two accordion players, <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, this is a place. There's a bunch of people out there, and they didn't stop. And then, um, you know, they would stop and talk, and then I had to pretend like I was looking at a store. I started feeling really stupid or weird or um maybe i shouldn't be doing this um and i thought okay maybe this stocking and accordion is um for the birds <laughs> i let that go and then i was walking around um i'd done sat and done some writing and then uh i i hear like a voice of an angel oh my gosh this woman she's just playing on the street uh she's with a guy he's playing um guitar and uh she is singing it's like operatic. It's like the, her voice brought a tear to my eye. So that's going to be the music for this episode, not accordion music. Uh, it's just this woman singing, and I'll put a link um, for her on my website. It's Mixturados, 
M-I-X-T-U-R-A-D-O-S.com. I just thought her voice was just lovely. I was walking in the back of a 747 going to Japan, and I looked in the very back cabin in the middle seat. There was an older gentleman who had taken a Kotex and torn off the sticky thing and stuck it onto his eyes so to use oh, as an wait, eye mask. As an eye mask. <laughs> <laughs> A Kotex eye yes, mask. They do have a lot of uses. <laughs> yes, I haven't do. seen that one before. Well, you know, you can always get all the lint off your dress with it. Just wet it down a little bit. It takes all. It's a no, I didn't lint know that. Oh yeah, it works great. But earlier on this particular trip, we had that rain. All that oh, yes. rain came in. I stuck it to the bottom of my shoe because it's very. It's absurd. a great mop. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Kotex mop. <laughs> I suppose it's presumptuous of me to think that people listen to the podcast in order. So I made a mistake. Like in the last episode, I was talking about Herman, and I kind of assumed everybody knew what I was talking about. Herman the turtle, Herman the suction cup turtle. And then when my sister was visiting, she was like, well, we hadn't listened to the one before, so we didn't know what Herman was. So uh, I'm going to tell just a little Herman thing, So, but I'm just going to like recap quickly in case people aren't listening in order. Uh, there was a lady with a a turtle, a real turtle, stuck to the airplane window with suction cup booties, which was crazy. And then um, I had fun telling the story about the lady with the crazy lady with the suction cup turtle named Herman. And uh, then uh, a really, 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 really nice flight attendant who, after I told him the story at much longer length, made me a turtle with suction cups. He, he, he ordered a turtle and ordered suction cups and glued it. And so now I've been taking pictures of Herman all over the place and putting them on Instagram. And I just love Herman. And I, everybody seems to love Herman. <laughs> so uh, I hadn't told the flight attendants about Herman on this particular trip. And we had landed and we were coming from Madrid. And a, a passenger had lost a clatter ring, you know, a ring. It was personal, sentimental to her because so she found it. And I mean, she got it in Ireland. So we're and now. We, I mean, we're wanting to help the, the lady. Of course. Of course we do. But we're not on the clock now. And we all have commuter flights to catch and or just want to go home. And um, we can't leave the plane until everybody gets off. So, I mean, we're highly motivated to find this effing ring. <laughs> So we're ripping seat cushions off, you know, they're Velcro. We're crawling around on the ground, and um, it's been a long time, but this lady, she won't give up. She really wants to find this ring. And at one point, the nice flight attendant goes, I didn't find the ring, but I found a little stuffed turtle. And I said, oh, I need that. And she's like, you need that. (laughs) She's thinking I'm crazy. You need that. You need a little stuffed turtle. And I'm thinking, yes, I do. (laughs) Because I knew I could use it in a picture with Herman, so I put that little um, stuffed turtle in the pool with Herman on top. And that was a, that was a popular Instagram photo. It's at, um, at Betty in the Sky uh, Instagram. Or I also put the Instagram photos on my website, BettyInTheSky.com. But I think she was thinking, you need a stuffed turtle. Like you need a hole in the head. You're an adult. I, I heard about this flight attendant. His name is Brian. Okay. Yes. So, Brian, every time when a passenger, you know, it's about to miss their connection, and if Brian's the flight attendant, they say, hey, can you make sure I'm going to make my connection? So, Brian goes like this. He touches and he Like taps on their wings? Yeah, he taps his wings like he's talking to Joanne, and he goes, 
Brian to Joanne. Brian to Joanne, hello. Hello, Joanne, can you hear me? <laughs> Joanne, we have a passenger here. He's going to Cincinnati. <laughs> you think he's gonna, can you hold the plane for him? <laughs> so the passenger really believes that. Yeah, they believe that it's like a telecom gonna, yes, wings. Yes, yes, absolutely. Communication wings. Communication wings. <laughs> I was commuting home from work, and I was sitting next to a pilot, but this pilot worked for, um, he's a private airplane pilot. So I was fascinated. We ended up talking the whole flight because, you know, it's the same industry, but it's so different. So the type of aircraft that he flies, um, he said, well, first of all, I like to, I like to delve into a world I know nothing about. <laughs> he said it costs 25 thousand dollars an hour so if you want to go on an hour flight it's going to cost you twenty five thousand dollars you know three hours seventy five thousand dollars i mean that's just kind of money that i i don't i can't i it's hard to even wrap my brain around that that you could have that kind of cash but he was saying that this airplane that costs twenty five thousand dollars an hour has no flight attendant that the pilot does the demonstration, the safety demonstration. They order the food uh, beforehand, and they put it in their in the microwave, and they serve themselves. That's self serve, self serve, <laughs> and you're paying twenty five thousand dollars an hour. But you know, um, so I'm sure it's a nice plane. And he was saying that, um, you know, our pilots and. Uh, the type of job he has is so different because the pilots load the bags onto the airplane and they clean up afterwards. The pilots do. <laughs> I know this might not be as interesting uh, to you, but to me, to see the pilots loading the bags and cleaning the airplane, that's, that's kind of fun. <laughs> he was saying that it costs, like one of those airplanes costs like $35 million. $35 million. Whew. He gets tipped sometimes. He's the pilot. And sometimes he'll get like a $200 tip. And uh, uh, when they ring the call bell, the pilot has to come answer. And there's no there's no cockpit door. There's just a curtain. I, I mean, it's so different. It's so different. So then I was like, well, I'm trying to picture now. Okay, I get that you're cleaning and you're loading bags and you're... Um, you know, answering call bells. <laughs> but I, I then went to think about, okay, like, so what do you do when the things that we have to deal with? Like, you got an ambient drunk passenger or, um, you know, a medical emergency. And he's like, well, the medical, you know, we just land. And then he said, uh, or do what you do. And then uh, he said, but here's the thing. They have a tool that we don't have. <laughs> he said, if there's a drunk or unruly passenger... They just turn up the, the pressurization and then the, the, everybody goes to sleep. Oh, can you imagine if we had that? <laughs> we had that knob every time there was somebody difficult. Just turn up that pressurization. That drunk will be asleep in no time. It was the back of the 727, like seats 48 and 50. Yeah. And there was a priest there and he was just by himself in the corner and having a drink and reading a book yeah. and all that and I tugged at a bunch of meals to pull them and they fell on the ground seven whole tray carrier and I felt so terrible so jokingly I went over and I said to him bless me father for I have dropped your meal and he said don't worry honey I looked at it I think I bet on that horse before <laughs> the, 
the meat was so bad looking. I thought that was the best comeback. That really. is a, that's yeah. a funny priest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this next segment came from a listener named Doug, and he that the title of his email <laughs> said Betty the Sound Machine, and I was kind of like I don't know, I don't know what that is. So uh, he said that he was listening to a bunch of podcasts, maybe like listening to him in uh, in a row, and he was laughing at all the sounds I make, and he put together a clip of me saying things. <laughs> I thought it was really nice of him to take the time to do that, and I thought it was funny, which I think is a little weird. I think it's weird that I'm saying that this clip of me made me laugh. Huh. Odd. Oh, you really, 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 really want to pee. I was thinking, oh, no. Sure enough. Oh, oh my gosh. So, and said, I'm Herman. Ah! And I was like, hmm? And I was like, oh? And then I look in the mirror and, oh, <laughs> one I was like, all right, you know, ding dong. And, oh, I, and, wah, wah, wah. oh, you really, 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 really want to pee. We were coming back from Athens, Greece one day. I was B in the back and I had to lay over and, and plumb the trip with a really good friend of mine who's really senior, but crazy, crazy fun. Just too much fun. She was working in business. Well, Athens, Greece to Atlanta is a long flight. I had a sweet little Catholic uh, nun in the back who had requested a special meal that we didn't get, vegetarian, pure vegetarian. I didn't have anything, and I hated for her to go 12 hours with no food. She was said she was okay, but so I called my friend up at business, and I said, uh, do you think you could possibly make a fruit plate for me? And she said, well, maybe after this crazy girl quits running through the the cabin business cabin naked we've got to catch her first and then she says she's got crabs and lice in her hair and she's pulling her hair out so maybe after that and I thought I thought well this is just my crazy friend Gail talking so I waited a few more minutes and nothing happened I mean like 20 minutes and she didn't come back so I thought well let me just walk up there and see what's going on well sure enough some young girl had taken all of her clothes off and had run around through business when we had the mid-galley. Yeah. And, and they couldn't catch her. She was so slippery and evasive. Four flight attendants couldn't catch her. They couldn't catch her? They couldn't catch her. She kept getting away. And finally, somebody kind of got her and pitched her in that bathroom that used to be right there at yeah. the back of business. They pitched her in there, and she kept pulling her hair out, saying, I've got crabs and lice in my hair. I've got to pull my hair out. Then you almost don't want to catch her because of that. And my friend Gail, who's a quick thinker, said, you know what, honey? Vodka kills crab and crabs and lice in your hair. Vodka kills it. So you go in the bathroom and you stay in there. And this girl's screaming. You go in there and you quit screaming. You just calm down and I'll get you. So Gail got like 10 bottles of vodka and gave them to her in the bathroom. Well, I just happened to come up at that point and when she opened the bathroom door to hand her all this vodka, I didn't know what was going on, but I could see pierced nipples, pierced belly button, and something else pierced. And it was way beyond my expectations of a fruit place. <laughs> you got a fruit and 
Boston. <laughs> so I said, Gail, you're not kidding. You've really got something going on up here. She said, oh, yeah, it's totally disrupted our service. So, well, I can just imagine. And she, I said, well, what's the deal with the vodka? You just tried to get her drunk to pass her out? And she said, no, I told her to pour it in her it hair. Doesn't, does it? Well, she was just trying to pacify her, and she said, I told her to pour it in her hair. That way, she, she's pulling gobs of hair out. She's bleeding from pulling hair out. something wrong with her. And she said, I'm just trying to calm her down. And so this girl comes out, and she, she's just soaking wet. And she says, it works, it works. They're not biting me anymore. It works, it works. Give me some more. So Gail gives her 10 more vodkas. And she says that's all because, you know, they only they have a, 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 a time lapse. They're good for 10 hours. But if you put too much on it, it's, you're going to worsen the effect. It's not going to hold for 10 hours. So the girl said, okay. And so Gail has got stepchildren. And so the girl came back, opened the door again, and was going to come out. And Gail said, not until you put clothes on. Yeah. So she got her to put clothes on, and we got her in her seat. And she went to, I helped at that point, got her to go to sleep. So Gail and I slipped her purse out, went through her purse, and she had all kinds of drugs in there, and she'd mixed them. But she didn't have any memory of it when we landed. Because she was missing some hair. (laughs) Uh, In the last few episodes, uh, maybe a little while ago, I was talking about my eccentric brother who has his own language who calls me Lulu Luck Luck Lele. <laughs> uh, Lou for short. Uh, I just was talking to him and I heard a, he told me a funny story. He um, he had this own language. He, he developed it as a child. Um, I don't think many people can say they have their own language. But one of the interesting things about him is he sort of expects other people to know his own language. <laughs> so I don't know how exactly they're supposed to do that. But um, his greeting is uh, what's toothin or tooth for short. And he used to wear a tooth necklace around his neck. I don't know if he still does. But uh, he goes to the post office a lot because you don't have mailboxes in Kodiak. You have to go, you have a P.O. box. So uh, when you get a package, they put a note in there, like package. Like that, I think that's standard at most places. Um, you know, you get a notice that you have a package. And so he will uh, draw a tooth on there um, as a greeting. <laughs> Maybe a thank you. But they reuse these. So the ladies there are like, who keeps drawing teeth on the package notes? <laughs> okay, Everybody went to the Crazy Elephant. That's what it was called. Okay. Downtown. And I would drink Coke and, and Sprite, and I wouldn't drink any beer or alcohol. I just didn't like it. How old were you? 16, 17. Okay. Okay. Now, my parents, my father is a brewmaster, okay? So oh, he's a brewmaster. Yeah, so that explains a little bit. And he was like, I will never give you money again if you don't start spending it on beer. <laughs> and you're a child. You will not get another allowance, I know. He's like, you cannot go downtown and stand there and drink Coke and soda. This is that the exact makes, opposite yeah, that, of what parents yeah, do. That that is how does that reflect how does that reflect back to us? Because he was a brewmaster. And you're German. I'm German. But that's not that's not even it. It's really more he was like, Well, if you don't drink the beer, 
people might not think it's good. You know, you have to drink oh, your beer. You have to do us proud. Yeah. Yes, you have to like be a yeah. spokesperson. But but you said that if you went to the United States, your parents would give they you a fake they ID. Would, they promised, yeah, they promised me a fake ID. Your parents yes. promised you a. I am not kidding. A fake ID. Yeah. I have never heard of such a thing. <laughs> They had friends, Michael and Mason, and so Mason and Michael said they would take care of me getting a fake ID, but it didn't do a good job. It reminds me of that my father didn't want me to go to college because he thought it was a waste of money, and he said he'd give me, I think it was $10,000 to not go to college, which is different than, you know, but he said I had to open a bar or a card shop, like a greeting card shop. At, I'm 17. I can't even get into a bar because it's a, at 21. How am I supposed to open a bar? Or at, what would I know about opening a card shop? So I went to college. What, what does your brother call you again? Lala. Yeah, I, I thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Lulu, lucka lucka lele. My brother has his own language. She thinks my family's weird. <laughs> I want to thank any of you who were so, so kind. You went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, when you were going to buy something on Amazon. I love to see what people buy. And this past month, somebody bought Sky Gods. I like the name of that. The Fall of Pan Am. And Sufficiently Advanced Magic. <laughs> and, uh, wink, wink, uh, I said we didn't have a sponsor this episode, but we sort of have two Betty ads. <laughs> uh, I was saying in the last episode that uh, the Tar Maker, an Icelandic adventure, the Tar Collection book two is out in the audiobook that I recorded in my closet. And uh, at the time there was an issue because you had to look for it separately on Amazon. It wasn't linked to the ebook site. Well, that's all fixed. Thank you, Amazon. And um, I'm going to include a sample chapter at the end of this podcast. This way, if you want to listen, you can listen. If you don't, just shut it off. Okay, thanks again for going to Amazon, clicking through my website. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My sister was visiting, and she's a really good cook, and she had made this carb-free bread. I didn't even know you could have carb-free bread, and it was really good. And she was so generous, she made me some loaves to take home. So I'm on my way home, and remember I told you uh, there's a weird, I kind of have a weird living arrangement where I, there's a restaurant basically in my front yard. I have to walk through the outdoor portion of a restaurant to get to my front door. So, you know, it's normal to me now, but even though I don't think that's actually normal, <laughs> but there are three women standing in front of my condo, which was unusual. They were closer than you need to be. And as I approach holding my bread, um, the lady, one lady is saying, a stewardess lives here and she has a garden off the bedroom and she has vintage airline bags. And I'm thinking, what is going on? None of these women look familiar. And I'm thinking, I must know her. I must have forgotten her. I don't have the best memory um, because how else would she know that I have vintage stewardess bags and I have a garden off the bedroom? And I was like, what? what's going on? So I'm racking my brain. I'm like, I must know her. I must know her, right? But none of them looked familiar. And she's going on and she says, um, she has a bicycle in her bathroom. And I'm thinking, 
I don't a bicycle in the bathroom. I don't have a bicycle in my bathroom. And then I thought, oh, I do have a bicycle in my bathroom. <laughs> I have a table. It's an iron table. The bottom portion is a like a vintage bicycle and the top is a table. So it's just like an artsy table. And um, I was thinking, so yeah, I do have a bicycle in my bathroom. And why does this woman know I have a bicycle in my bathroom? It's just all, I'm like standing there in my tracks. They're facing my condo. I'm behind them. I'm standing there holding my coveted bread thinking, I, 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 I don't know this woman. How does she know? And then I just finally walked up and I said, um, hey, are you talking about me? And she goes, oh, do you live here? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you're the stewardess? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm still like so confused. And she goes, oh, you had your place for sale a few years ago. And I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God I'm not losing my mind. She, so uh, we looked at it. Uh, we ended up buying a different um a bigger place in the building, but your place is so beautiful and so uh, artsy. And I was thinking, well, that's kind of nice to have a stranger complimenting your place in front of it to other people. <laughs> Couldn't understand a word he said. Okay, that was German. Oh, we had thick a German, yeah, a very thick accent, and he was the flight leader, so he would make the announcements. His favorite announcement when we would be descending was, we go down now. Oh, my God. We go down. <laughs> it got everybody's attention really quickly. We go down we'd, now. We go down now. That was it. My sister was visiting, and we were at the beach, and I had gotten... Actually, it's funny, because I got a, a blow-up air sofa, and I had seen that, that somebody had bought that on Amazon. <laughs> You know, I like to look, and there was I actually that's where I saw it. And then when I saw it at TJ Maxx, I thought, "Oh, I'll try this. You know, maybe it'll be good um, at the beach." So I had gotten this thing, and you blow it up just by the wind, and then it's big and it's comfortable. It, it, it didn't work so well. I was trying. I thought I would use it in the ocean, but it's really too tall to get into it. Like you'd almost have to have somebody drop you into it. <laughs> so, but when uh, I was. You know, it was my first time trying it, and my sister's there with her friend, and um, blowing it up with the wind, and I got it to work, and it's big. It was kind of funny because it's like I was holding this massive thing, and uh, my I know my sister's sense of humor. You know, know your audience. So it's big black balloon, basically, but like what a six foot balloon. <laughs> so knowing her and knowing my audience, I sort of lifted it up like a. Um, male uh, member. <laughs> so it's me at the beach. It's windy. And I'm, I'm, I've got this big black stiffy. <laughs> and here is my sister's reaction to it. In this next story, I don't think it was clear in the beginning that we are talking about Invisalign braces. I was, a friend of mine was getting them, and we were sitting around, and well, she's one of the, what do I have to do, and how is it going to feel, and I was like, it's fine, it's a pain in the neck, I was like, my mouth gets dry a lot, and I said, I can say pretty much everything, but when, I can't say snack mix. You can't and, say what? Snack mix. Snack mix. <laughs> and she's like, snack mix. And why would you say snack <laughs> They said, why would you say? Yeah. 
Well, well, what do you ever have to say? <laughs> and I was like, I'm a flight attendant. And she was like, oh my God. That's what you She's think. like, yeah, like a hundred times. I was like, yeah, like, well, like, like a thousand times. What are you like, cookies or snack mix? I was spitting at people. It was awful. You can't really say certain things with yes. a man. Okay, so this is another strange thing. I think, um, you know, I had all that hurricane damage. And so they're just now, they're painting the exterior of the buildings uh, with the, some waterproof paint. So that's great. And it's actually starting to look very nice. And um, do you remember way back, probably don't, way back when I had sort of locked myself out. I had locked myself out because I had this garden um, and uh, I'd gone out and let the door close and then I had a deadbolt on the inside of my door, which I had left. So the only way I could get back in, because I did have my sliding glass door of my bedroom open, but I had to get into my garden. So I had to like go get a chair from the restaurant nearby. I first thought about like um, falling down from up above. And then I realized that I was probably going to hurt myself. <laughs> so I went and got a chair and climbed in and knocked over some plants. Uh, so now they're painting my building. And I didn't know. Uh, it was a good question as to whether they would be painting... Because my garden is, I don't know, that's part exterior, part interior. So I didn't know if they were going to paint that part or not. So when I saw the painters, I had asked them, hey, because I have a bunch of stuff in there and I figured I had to move all the plants and I'd get, have to get everything away from the walls, um, which is going to be a bit of a project. I needed to know if they were going to paint in there. So the guy said, uh, no, I went and asked and we're not painting in there. And I'm like, okay, you know, it would have been nice to have them paint it. But I thought, you know, it's fine. I don't have to move everything in the heat. So... Uh, I was sleeping a little bit late. Oh, I can't know a little bit late. It was like 7.30. That's not late. But I come in from Europe. You know, you have to kind of catch up on your sleep. And I hear something out in my garden. And I'm thinking, oh, there's somebody in my garden. You know, like immediately you're like thinking, there's a burglar in the garden. There's somebody in my garden. And so I wasn't wearing much to sleep. And I, you know, just kind of, you know how you just kind of peek your curtain open a little bit to try to see. And there is, you can't make this shit up. There is a one-armed man in my garden painting. He climbed in, and I, I thought I, I thought it was difficult for me to climb in my garden, but here's a one-armed man <laughs> painting. <laughs> well, I've got no sponsor for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase, but I sort of have a sponsor. It's, um, drumroll please. It's that my book, remember the book I was writing before when I had the publisher for my first book, Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase, um, they had said, well, let's write a book of all travel stories. So I spent a lot of time on it. I really liked it. There's a lot of good photos and things in there. And then that it just was taking forever and taking forever and taking forever for it to come out. And then if I, it turns out that that uh, publishing house went out of business. <laughs> So I got the manuscript back. I got the rights back and everything. So I, I punched it up and I, I fixed it up and I added more things and I added more photos and uh, moved things around and jazzed it up. And you know what? This is called Betty and the Jets, The Adventures of a Traveling Fool. <laughs> it's out now uh, in an ebook form. I'm going to do a audiobook for it, but this is a full-size book, and it's going to, I'm just telling you right now, it's going to take me a long time. It's going to be a lot of time in the closet, <laughs> a lot of time editing, and then it, that process of uploading an audiobook just takes a very long time. So, but the book, Betty and the Jets, The Adventures of a Traveling 
school. There's, I think, I could be wrong, um, but I'm, I'm proud of this book. It's a lot of stories the listeners of the podcast have never heard. It's a lot of personal stories about me. It's also sort of like an autobiography. There's photos I think you guys are going to enjoy. There's photos of the earthquake uh, when I got trapped in the building. There's a a photo of the actor ex-boyfriend. There's photos from all these different places I've traveled. It basically, it is like the most me of anything I've put out. <laughs> so I don't know. I hope you might like it. It's called Betty and the Jets, The Adventures of a Traveling Fool. Out now. Okay. Uh, you said um, you live in a big city, so sometimes you have some issues in a big city yes we do have a lot of issues so two of my friends they just left the pizza place yes and they're walking down on 10th street in midtown when these two strangers running <laughs> walked by my friends and took the pizza away from them they stole their pizza they stole their pizza it's like a drive-by pizza <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how you call it but they That's have so no pizza funny. right yes it is it is very funny so they didn't call the police, really. They stole my pizza. No, they didn't call the police. <laughs> I was on a layover in Munich, and uh, I had gone to one place that I like there. It's called Rosie. It's a great little, it's a very communal place. They have big tables, uh, great like fruit drinks and things. And I had had a drink and I had proofread uh, Betty and the Jets. So then I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to go find another place, do some walking first and uh, maybe find some music for the podcast. And then I went to this other place that I really like called uh, Little London. And um, oh, I have a story about Little London. I'll back this up because this is these. I had two uh, Munich layovers, and on the first one, I had found this place called Little London, and um, I just was looking for a. Um, I like a place that seems to have a good vibe and is a good place to have a drink and write. So I went in there and I ordered this drink, and oh my gosh, uh, they they have like ice that's like a circle, so that uh, it's like a ball. So when you put liquid in it, it it rolls, and then they have like fun things like. Um, lavender and um, all kinds of wonderful garnishes for the drink. You know, it's just fancy. I like fancy. <laughs> so the first layover that I went there, I sat there and I um, was having my drink and had my stuff out to write. And a guy, I saw him come in in my peripheral vision, nice looking guy, and uh, sat down. And I'm writing, but I can, you know, he's in the table right behind me, so I can hear her. The waitress comes over, and she says, uh, you know, what, what would you like? And he's like, I don't need to see a menu. I don't need to see a menu because I just want you to bring me something German. And she goes, um, I don't know if you saw the name of the place, but it's called Little London. So he laughed, she laughed, and then I had to turn around to see who wanted something German in the little London place. And he was a nice-looking guy, younger than me, but um, we ended up talking for a long time. It turns out that he works for another airline based in another place. He's on a layover also, so we had a nice chat. And so now I go back to this same place, and the table that I wanted to sit at that I sat before was, there was a bunch of guys there. So I went and found another table. Uh, I'm going to have a fancy drink, and I'm going to write... Uh, Marjo the only. So um, 
I noticed that that table that I was at before and the one that the, the guy, the one in the German thing, they're put together. And there's a group of like 10 German guys in lederhosen. You know, the great outfit. I love those. You know, they're like leather bottoms and they've got the, the straps. You know, it's just the, the authentic outfit. You know, it just seems like you always have to have fun if you're in lederhosen. So uh, I think, oh, ooh, I could get a picture with my Herman the suction cup turtle with the guys in the lederhosen for Instagram. <laughs> so I go up to them and I say, uh, Hi. So it's just, <laughs> it's 10 guys in lederhosen. And I just walk up to them and they kind of looked at me like, huh? So I said, hey, would you mind if I take a picture of you guys? You guys look great in your, in your outfits. And they were like, sure. They're all drinking. And then I said, um, would one of you mind holding my suction cup turtle uh, for a photo? And then the whole group went like, Whoa. they were kind of like, what? Like they were like, what? And so I was explaining, oh, you know, there was a turtle on the window and there's a suction cups and I'm doing my whole thing. And then the one guy goes, I'll oh, give it to me. I'll take a picture. And he put it on his sunglasses and I got this great photo of the guys in the lederhosen. And so I was like, score, go back to my table. I'm going to write, have a good day in Munich. And then to my surprise, the best looking of the lederhosen <laughs> group comes over and just uh, sits down. Uh, Okie dokie. <laughs> it didn't say, can I sit down? I guess he thought since I was uh, bold enough to go over to um, ask them to take a photo with a turtle, that he could just come over and sit down, which was very nice. Actually, it was a nice surprise. Put my writing away. Uh, his name was Felix. Oh, it turned out to be a really interesting, beautiful, blue eyes, tall, I mean, just really nice guy. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he's 25. <laughs> Ooh, too young for me. But it was nice. We ended up talking for like two hours. We talked about travel and life and freedom and journey and journeys and money and politics. And I learned all about lederhosen. <laughs> I mean... Um, I wasn't interested in, well, I shouldn't say I wasn't interested in him. I, you know, it's, he's 25, but um, I, I had a nice time. It was something I wasn't expecting. And I thought, you know what? Thank you, Herman. I sure did. We were on a 747 flying to Asia. And this British gentleman came to the, lav to the galley and said, there are no tissues in the lavatory. And we asked him if he'd looked in the drawer that was there. And he said, Yes, I did. Apparently, you're expecting a rather large contingent of menstruating women. <laughs> but there are no tissues in the lavatory. But, you know, that's actually true. There are. <laughs> we do expect a large yes, contingent. We, do. we are prepared for everything, especially that. I was coming home from Munich and going through customs and immigration, and they, uh, they lots of times will ask you, did you buy anything? And I was like, yes, I bought some mustard and hairspray. And he looked at me, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm just trying to get through here, man. Uh, and he's like, he's not saying anything, but he's like furrowing his brows. And I'm like, I, I guess he was thinking that's an odd combination. And I was like, what? They have good mustard and hairspray. <laughs> 
Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> and he's like, and why would he say thank <laughs> Why would you say? Yeah. Why, why would you ever have to say? Chapter 4. It's Lonely Out in Space Unsteady on her feet, Amelia inquired about her safety deposit box at the lobby desk of Bank of America and was escorted to the cold, sterile room. She could barely manage to make herself open her and Spike's large, shared box. I lost track of the amounts. Dumb! Why did I let him run things? Because I liked it. I liked him taking charge. I felt warm and protected. It was all an illusion. She forced herself to turn the key. To her relief, there was some money in the box. There was a note from Spike, folded and waiting for her. She gingerly took the note and set it on the table. She felt like she should have plastic gloves on to open it. It was a note from their past, evidence of his crime. He killed our love, a love that felt real, true. The note read, Lovely Amelia, I know there is nothing I can say to defend myself. I am beyond redemption. I betrayed you. I betrayed us. I don't expect you will ever forgive me. With the money I left here, you should be able to pay off your parents' mortgage, pay for your brother's college, and still have a couple hundred grand in spending money. That gives you time to think, regroup, and decide if you want to go back to lab work or start selling tar again. I couldn't leave you with nothing. I'm not a total jerk. I know it's probably no help to you to know that this was not easy for me either. I was completely conflicted, torn, and unsure of my plans up until the very last minute. I love you, and I feel like a total ass for treating you this way. I've never met a better person than you, and I probably never will. I wish you every good thing in the world. Signed, Spike. The note ripped open the fresh wound. She stared at the note until the words blurred and then burst into tears. What the hell? He sounds sweet. He sounds like my Spike. Not, not a criminal. Not a thief. Why leave such a caring note? Why? Why, oh why did he run? The duffel bag was heavy on her arm as she left the bank with puffy red eyes. The aroma of coffee brewing surrounded Mick as he kept a lookout from his vantage point by the large street view window of the coffee shop. He was very alert, watching, waiting, stalking. Pretty, blonde, petite, no makeup, upset, shy, dressed down. I'm guessing it's my mark. She's upset. I bet the drug dealer skipped town. 
dick move. She looks sincere, a good person, young, disillusioned. I better not approach her now, might spook her. Wearing an old fedora hat, Mick popped up and followed her to the Doubletree Hotel. When Amelia left the hotel with her wheeled suitcase shortly after arriving, Mick followed her out of her sightline, predatorily behind her. Mick watched her on the train. Every so often, a tear would slide down her porcelain cheek. She would discreetly swipe it away. He got the idea she was embarrassed to cry in public, but she couldn't help herself. Mick felt sorry for her. At JFK, she made her way to the kiosk to check in, and then to the line where she would hand over her checked bag. Mick stayed in line, four passengers behind her. He overheard her confirm that her bag was checked to Reykjavik, Iceland. Iceland? She's going to Iceland in the winter? Of all places to choose. Do I want to follow this young girl to Iceland? Shit, that sounds cold. This is probably a damn fool's errand. The ticket agent waved him forward. I might want a ticket to Iceland. You might want a ticket to Iceland? The ticket agent asked, not used to uncertainty. Oh, what the hell? Give me a one-way ticket to freaking Iceland.